Hey guys, welcome to Discover Podcast. So glad you guys are back on uh, here to discover Jesus in every verse. Uh, let's go back into the book of Romans. We left off of chapter 9 and we're going into chapter 10 today. So let's just go into this. It's a pretty short chapter. So um, let's just do this. Let's just see what the Lord shows us today. Chapter uh, 10, verse 1 says, Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. I know that the enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by, uh, by trying to keep the law. Uh, the, for Christ has already accomplished the purpose of which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. Uh, then it says, uh, for Moses writes the law, um, sorry, for Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. But faith, uh, but faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven. Uh, to bring Christ down to earth. Uh, it says seven, and don't say who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again. In fact, it says the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. Uh, verse nine says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by opening the, uh, openly declaring that your faith that you are saved. Now, this is interesting because obviously this is the famous uh, sinner's prayer, right? Uh, which I heard someone say it's about 80 years old. There was no such thing as the, the, the sinner's prayer before, you know, this century. And uh, honestly, it's something that's man-made. You know, I'm going to say, you know, some things about that um, shortly. I'm not saying that, you know, the sinner or someone who is not a believer should not pray a prayer to, you know, be led to the Lord. But honestly, this is not salvation. You're not saved because you say some words and you openly declare. Now, there's something that I've always said about, you know, declaring your faith and, you know, being saved and saying that prayer. I'm going to read that message. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to read that verse one more time and I'm going to actually go through it. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now it says here, people think that just because I say it, I'm going to be saved or that's, that's it. That's the done deal. Like I, I said it and that's it. But there's something very interesting that people just miss. People think that we just need to lead people into this prayer, but in their, open, in their hearts, if it's not really in there, if, if it's just the words, nothing's going to happen, right? If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord. Right there. I'm going to start right there. When we declare that he is Lord, it means it's already been established within our lives and in our hearts that he is my Lord. What we've been talking about, you know, the past couple of podcasts, how, you know, what this life is really about is to really surrender our lives to God. This is what Lord means. Lord means lordship, means ownership. It means I am yours. You know, this is what Lord means. And when we declare that I, that he is my Lord, it's because I've already declared in my heart, I give you my life. Right. The words I you are my Lord does not mean, you know, that's it. You know, I'm going to heaven. No, it means I have given you my everything. You are my my savior. Yes, but you're also my Lord. In other words, what you say goes from this point. 
This is no longer my life. I choose to die to myself and follow you. That's what this means. Declaring someone as Lord, that's what it is. You know, we do this with everything in our lives. Uh, something can be our Lord. Money can be our Lord. Uh, our jobs can be our Lord. Anything can be our Lord. But when we really say Jesus is our Lord, it means what he says goes. Right now it says, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. So this is also another thing. It's also about believing in what he has done. This is just the simple gospel. You know, this is what it is. The gospel is actually the source of the consequence of us giving our lives to Jesus. So when we actually give our lives, it's because we actually already believed that he has done something for us so we can be in front of him, right? This is what the gospel is about. So we can actually be one with him. So we can have the, the access to God himself, this righteousness by just believing, right? Now, this whole believing, this whole faith, obviously he says it from the very beginning. You know, it's all about believing in what he has done. Even the beginning of this verse says, you know, that it's not so much about the, the completing the law. You know, it's what he's already done. But this is where the heart comes in play. You know, it's we need to believe what he has done. This is not just about a simple prayer. This is just about literally, this is more about us believing what he has done. And when we do that, automatically we say, you are worth my life. Everything that you want from me is exactly what I want to do in this life. That's what it's all about. Um, 10 says, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. Um, as the scripture tells us, anyone whose truth, uh, anyone who trusts in him will be disgraced. Anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I love this. Um, something about calling his name is everything. Uh, this takes me to, wow, this actually takes me to, I think it's, uh, first Corinthians. Um, I'm going to go there real quick. Uh, one second, because I, I don't usually, I don't usually cross reference in the podcast, but I, I have this strong feeling that I should today. Um, this exact same, cause this is Paul and obviously Paul is writing also, um, the, the other book, uh, first Corinthians. And, um, it's actually the very first verses. It says, I am writing to God's church in Corinth. Um, to you who have been called by God to be his own holy people. He made you holy by means of Christ Jesus, just as he did for all people everywhere who calls on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. See how this, this lingo comes along? This, this, this is what he's saying. Like, this is the life. This is the gospel. Um, when we call upon Jesus, when we actually start, start to speak about him, sorry, when we start to speak to him and we call upon his name, Something happens. First of all, this is what I believe with all my heart. When you start calling upon his name, he becomes a reality. He starts to become the one thing that you call upon. It's himself. So by the time you start calling upon his name, it says that he makes you holy when you call upon his name. And he makes him the Lord, obviously, right? And this is interesting because I remember I had this epiphany when I read that, that, that verse for, for the very first time. It was a revelation from the Lord, obviously. But the the struggle of being holy, the struggle of remaining holy has nothing to do with you trying to do something or not do something. It has to do with you simply calling upon his name. Now, I'm not just talking about physically saying Jesus. Something happens when you say someone's name. Everybody has 
you know, there's many people with many names, right? Uh, with the same name. So it's not just a name. It's not just the word or it's just, you know, letters. No, no, no. When you call upon someone specifically, when you call upon a name, there's a person involved. So literally, when you call upon Jesus, you're talking about the one. When you call upon his name, you're talking about the one who was crucified, the one who was resurrected. I'm talking about the Jesus. Like I'm putting an emphasis on the person, the one we all know. And I feel like everyone has their own imagination of who he is, but I'm talking about the one. The one who actually rose from the grave and is actually in heaven right now. Interceding for us by the Father. For us. This Jesus, when we call upon him, something happens. It's like his reality begins to really manifest in our lives as we speak. And it's because not, it's not the word. It's not Jesus. It's not just the name. It's the reality. So this is something interesting because what happens with his name, there's a reason why he has given the name above all names. It says in, in uh, Philippians that the reason why is because he actually humbled, he humbled himself to death, you know, and even the death uh, of a cross. It says that he laid down all of his glory to give his life. And amazingly enough, this is why the Father gave him a name above all names. Because with this action of, first of all, as a servant to his Father, and this act of obedience... It's what actually caused us to actually have this reality with Jesus, with the Father, with heaven himself. His name carries the sacrifice. His name carries the reality of him humbling himself. This is why when he was, uh, when he gave his life, the Lord, uh, the Father gave him the name above all names. It's like this name has a reason. This name is, there's a reason why he has the name above all names, above all names. Because he humbled himself. So there's something with his name. It's not just the word. This is why the person becomes so real when the name is mentioned. That's why it's so real when we say his name. That's why there's no name just like it. When you say Jesus, the real person of Jesus actually becomes into place. And I love this because this is how he makes us holy. Not just the name, not just the word, not just the saying of a name. It's himself. It's Jesus himself. Nothing else can make makes us holy but himself. And it says to be holy because he is holy. I love that this entire book is about grace and completing the law by his works. I love that. <laughs> That's so cool. The works that he's done, that he's done, that he humbled himself in Philippians, gave him the name of all names. And when we call upon that same name that actually was given by the Father, and because of what he has done of his obedience, so it gives us that same power that was given when he says, I give you this name of all names. That same power, is because it's resurrection power. The source of his name comes from his obedience. The source of his name comes from that one act that he did on that cross. So there's power in his name. Uh, Romans 14, no, sorry, 10, 14 says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? <laughs> this is cool. Now it's talking about, we need to believe what his name actually represents. Man, I'm going to be honest with you. I remember one time the Lord actually told me this. It's funny because I actually, I was thinking about this, I think yesterday. 
Um, man, the Lord spoke to me and told me this. He said, Isaiah, I want you to stop using my name and the blood. He said the blood specifically as well. In vain. Stop using the blood in vain. Stop using my name in vain. Now, I'm not talking about like the, uh, the, uh, the, oh my God, you know, that, that's, that's not really talking in, in, that's not what he meant when he says, stop using my name in vain. You know, in vain means, you know, without purpose, obviously without any meaning. And we just learned that the Lord's name has a deep meaning because of his obedience and his humbleness. And his, and, and, and his death, it has power. His name has power. There's meaning behind his name. That's why he has the name of all names, above all names. Right? So when the Lord told me to not use his name in vain, nor the blood, don't use my name out of context. It's using the name, it's using the Lord's name out of context. From its original form. What it actually comes from. His name comes from his obedience, from what he's done on that cross. Also the blood. The reason why I say that, because I, I think I was watching a video where I saw someone, or I heard someone say, uh, the blood of Jesus, you know, pour the blood of Jesus, the blood, the blood of Jesus, like, uh, like uh, as if that phrase itself was powerful to stop what it was trying to stop, you know. Which I'm not saying it's 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 like I don't want anyone to misinterpret what I'm trying to say, um, because the Lord was very clear when He said, "Do not use this out of context. Do not use this stuff in vain." Anybody can say in the name of Jesus. Anybody can say in the blood. I pour the blood of Jesus or with the blood of Jesus. But my question is, how many times do we say that just because it's what we think we should be saying, or we believe that there's power behind it just because it's the name? Just because the scripture says that in my name, you know, when the Lord actually says, when you say this in my name, or when you pray in my name, you know, it's 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 not you know, it's not the context of just saying the name. When you say things out of context, you're saying things out of proportion. You're saying things out of the actual original meaning. When we actually start to pray without the cross in mind, without the blood in mind, you know what the blood actually came from? It came from his veins. Love was the original factor of the blood. He did this to wipe us clean, to maintain us holy. This is all when you call upon his name, <laughs> he makes us holy. So this is where he's leading us today. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go any farther. Um, hopefully, I remember where I stay. It's a, it's a short chapter, but I want to stay here with this. Because I believe the Lord wants to... He's given us the ability to use His name. In full access. You know, in, in its original form. He actually promotes this. You know, He says, I want you to pray in my name. Ask anything in my name and it will be given unto you. That's John 15. But the craziest thing is that many times we forget where this thing comes from and we just begin to ask and we don't see much happen. And we sometimes forget that this name has an original form. The blood of Jesus. It's not just to pour something upon so something can be fixed. 
We were the ones that needed to be fixed in the beginning. That's why he poured his blood out. It's not just for our circumstances nor our situations. I sense like the Lord's actually doing something right now with, with anyone's listening um, who feel like probably have failed in the sense of holiness. And I really believe that the Lord just wants you to call upon his name today. Because he's still merciful and good that even if we fall into sin, he is still ready to just clean, cleanse us with his name, with his blood. Now, the original form of this blood is actually innocent. It's pure, it's holiness. Like, there, this blood is innocent. The blood that he spilled, that he, that he shed on that cross, was innocent blood. It was blood that shouldn't be shed at all. And yet it was shed for our sins. It took our place. It should have been our blood. We should have taken that sacrifice. We should have been the one, you know, cursed on that tree for our sins. And yet the Lord gave himself willingly. And he was murdered on that tree. And he was... And he gave his life up on that tree so we can have everlasting life with him. I want to finish this podcast with this prayer. Um, and I believe the Lord is just going to do everything. He's going to be the one uh, ministering our hearts. He's going to be the one um, taking us to that place of cleansingness, you know, of holiness. So let's just pray. Father, I thank you for your one and only son. Thank you because this message still applies in this book. 10 chapters later and you're still talking about your son. Lord, I thank you because your name is beyond powerful. And it's beyond just the word. You're giving this you were given this name because you gave up your life. Being holy, having the right to stand righteous before everyone before the entire world, you still were condemned as a sinner because you wanted to please your Father. This is why the Father gave you the name of all names. So Jesus, we call upon that name. Lord, make us holy upon you. Thank you for the blood. And it says in your word that as long as we believe what you've done for us. You make us right in your sight. This is why the blood is so powerful. So Jesus, thank you. We call upon your name today. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we adore you. Jesus, we just want more of you. In your beautiful name, we pray. Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining us today. Amen. Um, just want to encourage you to just seek more of him because he's revealing things about himself in these days like crazy and uh, i just want all of us to be part of it because in these crazy days it's going to require people that really know the lord and um more than anything now is the time to really call upon his name because we just want more of him so let's continue 
living the consequence of that cross, what he's done on that cross for us. So yeah, guys, thank you so much for joining. I uh, can't wait to you guys, can't wait for the next episode. I feel the Lord really strong um, doing some things again within this podcast. So guys, thank you so much for listening. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Hope you guys are doing very well. Take care and God bless you guys. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.